Tim's News Explosion. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tim's News Explosion on this Monday, the 22nd of January, 2024. We are live on the Wilmsfront YouTube channel, the Wilmsfront Odyssey channel, and I've got working tonight the Wilmsfront Rumble channel. It is 9pm here in Melbourne, Victoria, where we are once again the place to flee with youth gangs terrorizing suburban families. And remember that uh, the now Allen government is still proceeding uh, with its uh, raising the age of criminal responsibility from 10 to 15 and also softening bail laws, particularly for youth offenders. And now Obviously, when I talk about a uh, youth crime, uh, you, a lot of people know uh, what I'm talking about when I have these inverted commas uh, that you can see. Hello to everyone in the chat, Dawn Browning and Peak Ozzyman. Now, obviously, last week uh, we saw uh, the uh, tragic uh, death, we have to say, via uh, alleged stabbing of Doncaster uh, of the uh, Doncaster uh, doctor Ash Gordon uh, only 33 years old uh, two 16 year olds have been charged with his murder also last week a 79 year old fisherman uh, was uh, pushed over into uh, Port Phillip Bay uh, by a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old in a so-called prank. It's just a prank, bro. And so a 14- and 17-year-old have been arrested. Now, in both of those cases, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the offenders charged has, was on bail uh, for a previous offence. Maybe we need to change the state slogan to out on bail. Now, Victoria Police, they are still uh, busy uh, arresting a whole bunch of youth gang members who had terrorised uh, Melburnians in home invasions from last year. Uh, this was from uh, Nine News last, last night. Police have swooped on a gang accused of a dozen violent home invasions in Melbourne's west. Eight youths have been charged with robbing and threatening innocent victims with machetes. Crime reporter Gillian Lansouris has this exclusive report. From an 18-year-old cuffed in Caroline Springs to a once-promising young hockey player, they're just two of eight males arrested over a string of terrifying alleged home invasions. Oh, 
This offending is very serious and it's on the higher end of the scales. Detectives from Brimbank charged the youths aged between 16 and 28 with more than 140 offences following a dozen alleged aggravated home invasions between May and November last year across nine suburbs in the West. Offenders were armed with a plethora of weapons including machetes, um, gardening shears and other implements. Their oldest alleged victim, a 75-year-old man, their youngest, just 12 months old. Nine News spoke to the traumatised mother who begged for her infant daughter's life when she says the gang broke into their Keelor Park home. I was like, please, please, I have a baby, I have a baby. We don't give an F about your baby. While a 52-year-old teacher was seriously injured when the youths, allegedly armed with machetes and an axe, tried to break in to his Braybrook home. The bone has been chopped somehow, the thunder has been damaged, an index finger and a middle finger. This will have a substantial impact on their life moving forward and they're traumatised as a result of the offending. Despite the efforts of police and being charged with more than 30 serious offences, the 18-year-old alleged ringleader has already been bailed. Daniel Hudson's family told the court his mental health spiraled during the pandemic and offered a $7,000 surety to keep him out of jail. Hudson will face a magistrate again next month. We'd just like to reassure the public that everybody's got the right to feel safe in their own home. Gillian Lantouris, Nine News. Yes, I feel very reassured by uh, Victoria police there it's almost become a you know that simpsons meme that goes around say the line he was out on bail he was bailed yay except it's uh, not a cheerful or humorous matter i mean you're we're getting to the stage now where in melbourne to to actually uh feel because a lot of these uh, families that are victims of home invasions cast on they have cctv alarms doesn't uh, uh, doesn't prevent uh these uh, masked youths coming in either have to live in a gated community or live in an apartment where obviously uh, home invaders they aren't going to go up say 10 stories in an apartment complex i've never heard of a home invaders targeting a apartment complex but they do go for the wealthy areas obviously brighton last year Be uh, beck judd uh she led uh the public uh, campaign uh well the the public awareness uh that there was uh, uh there was uh, home invasions in brighton uh, i shouldn't say campaign because well nothing really happened in terms of the uh, substantial police or political response uh doncaster is a wealthy area uh, where that doctor was murdered so there was another home invasion in mount waverley and now Victoria Police, uh, they are also uh, failing uh, to stop economic terrorists who have been uh, blocking road access to the Port of Melbourne uh, for four days now. These are these uh, permanent uh, pro-Palestinian activists. They claim that uh, they are blocking the Port of Melbourne uh, to, to stop uh, Zim container uh, ships uh, which uh, uh, have a Israeli ownership they claim that <laughs> here in Melbourne they're being uh, stocked full of weapons and shipped off to Israel but as a consequence of uh, th their 
economic uh, terrorism. There are six uh, ships that have been uh, delayed in docking and 45,000 uh, containers are just sitting there in the port of Melbourne uh, that have been un unable to be moved. And this is costing all of us, uh, pushing the price of uh, groceries and essential uh, goods up even further. And uh, Victoria Police, they've only just now got the pepper spray out after day four. I mean, where are the rubber bullets uh, that they shot at uh, peaceful anti-lockdown protesters? I mean, where also are the water cannons? I mean, I believe that it should be legal for those uh, Port of Melbourne trucks to just run over the, the so that should be a law that uh, uh, should be passed. Uh, fuck around and find out. Uh, but yeah, Victoria Police, after four days, decide uh, that they'll uh, move them. And uh, the, there have been many dock workers who have been uh, stood down. Uh, ones who have been able to work, they've had to secretly uh, go on a boat and and to to actually get around the road. So actually they've had to go by ferry to be able to, well, uh, do, do their job. So uh, they're affecting uh, the, uh, uh, the wages of uh, hardworking, working class uh, people, but these people don't care because they're just the, whatever causes the, causes the, 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 the current thing, uh, whether it's, you know, they, they'll all be at Invasion Day rallies on Australia Day in the CBD in, in four days' uh, time. And this isn't the only uh, disruption uh, at our ports. Uh, there is also uh, the uh, dispute uh, between the Maritime Union, which is uh, now uh, part of the CMMEFU, uh, the, the the giant militant union versus DP world again uh, that is pushing that's costing our economy pushing up uh, the cost of living uh, for all of us uh, but uh, Victoria Police uh, they still have as one of their highest priorities uh, the prosecution of Jacob Hirschnet, uh for that alleged attempted Nazi salute outside of the county court after he and uh, Thomas Sewell had been sentenced uh, for their uh, violent disorder over uh, the confrontation with the uh, Antifa stalkers who followed them to the Cathedral Ranges back in May 2021. Uh, the, uh, the prosecution is seeking a custodial sentence because the maximum is uh, 12 months uh, for doing a Nazi uh, salute in public view in Victoria. And the federal laws you remember from last week, uh, they make make it so that it's a it's through the internet as well. Uh, so rather than uh, play a mainstream uh, media uh, report featuring Devere uh, about Jacob's most recent uh, court appearance, let's hear from uh, Jacob himself, who through his Telegram channels has uh, released a series of uh, video statements. And this is on uh, the Victorian uh, government's attempt to jail him uh, for a year for a horizontal hand movement. The Australian government is trying to throw me in prison, in solitary confinement for up to a year because they allege that I gave a political salute, the Roman salute. 
These laws are against freedom of expression. They are built on emotion and they are anti-white. This government cannot claim to be a democracy. It cannot claim to be liberal when it is trying to imprison its opponents for simply speaking against them. This country should have freedom of expression. We should be allowed to express ourselves when the government is pursuing policy that is not to our interests. And speaking of uh, government uh, not not, uh, listening to the democratic will of the people, uh, the Albanese government, despite uh, their Aboriginal uh, voice uh, to uh, to the uh, parliament and the executive being voted down 60 to 40 in the referendum last year. Anthony Albanese is uh, still leading uh, the change, abolish the date uh, campaign by stealth. Uh, the only uh, senior uh, Labor leader who has publicly stated they are going to celebrate Australia Day is New South Wales uh, Premier uh, Chris Minns. Uh, so he's very, very much a, a savvy uh, centrist Labor leader. I mean, he knows what uh, public opinion is and the Institute of Public Affairs, which uh, I used to be a member of uh, many years ago, uh, they conducted a an Australia Day poll and uh, with three questions. So the first one was, I am proud to be Australian. 87% are proud to be Australian. Yet in our CBDs on Australia Day, we have all of these activists shouting shame, 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 and they just don't want to change the date. They want to, well, not well, abolish the date because they believe Australia doesn't deserve a date. Well, they also want to abolish Australia as well. Only 4% said they're not proud to be Australian and 9% uh, didn't have an opinion. Uh, now going to uh, question two, Australia has a history to be proud of. It goes down to 69% agree. Uh, that's still an overwhelming majority. Only 15% disagree and 16% neither agree or disagree. And then question three, Australia Day should be celebrated on 26th of January. 63% agree, 17% disagree, and 20% neither ag- agree nor disagree. Uh, but this week uh, we saw, because Anthony Albanese, he just says, we have no plans to change the date of Australia Day. Well, he also said a couple of weeks back, we have no uh, no, no plans to revise the tax stage three tax cuts. And Anthony Albanese, remember, he's holding that emergency uh, caucus meeting on Wednesday to address the cost of living, where he's going to revise the stage three tax cuts. Whenever a politician says they have no plans to do something, they secretly want to do something, but they just know that they can't get away with it. So Anthony Albanese, he would love to change the date of Australia Day. So would uh, Jacinta Allen, uh, the Victorian uh, Premier, Labour and the Greens, apart from uh, the sane Chris Minns. Uh, most of them would love uh, to well, ch- not just change the date, but abolish abolish the day. Uh, so despite uh, the defeat of the voice and poll after poll saying the overwhelming uh, majority 
of Australian Support Australia Day. Uh, we have uh, more uh, corporate uh, virtue uh, signalling against Australia Day, this time coming from uh, taxpayer-funded sporting body. Again, Anthony Albanese outsourcing his dirty work, his uh, culture wars, uh, to uh, the corporate. So the Australian Open isn't going to commemorate Australia Day. So how can it be the Australian Open? A, is it just the open or the NAM open? Ugh. And at, at the Cricket Australia at uh, the the next test against the West Indies at the Gabba, they're not going to. Well, they are going to mention Australia Day, but uh, oh, its uh, its day has different meanings for uh, different people. Now, the people who claim that I, I, Australia Day defenders, I well, we sh we shouldn't be in a position where we're having to defend our national day uh the gaslighting journalists say oh australia day it's become very divisive well people who celebrate australia day didn't make it divisive it was the media uh amplifying uh, the anti-australian activists and the politicians allowing our cbds to be taken over on australia day uh, by australia hating uh invasion day activists uh where with a megaphone they yell at people who dare have australian uh flags on them uh, so the cbds now basically no go zone for australian flags on Australia Day. I mean, Ricky T was almost lynched on Australia Day 2018 at Flinders Street Station for having an Australian flag. Neil Erickson was physically removed by police on uh, 2019. And the Australia Day parade has uh, been cancelled by the uh, Labor government, although I have previously said uh, that, it's, that it's basically a opening ceremony of the Olympics with like the Filipino Australian, the Nepalese Australians. It's basically a multicultural uh, parade. And this is where the uh, cringe conservatives, uh, when they talk about, oh, migrants, uh, they are the greatest uh, uh, embraces of Australia Day. This is why we need to have it and why they need to become citizens on uh, Australia Day. Well, we've got quite enough new Australians already. This was uh, Advance. Uh, so that is uh, the uh, conservative lobby group. Uh, so it quotes Paul Murray, the reason I celebrate Australia is because modern Australia is one of the greatest multicultural experiments in the world. Really? <laughs> I mean, I think you, you could say it's one of the least bad multicultural experiments. I mean, just watch the first part of this program to see why we're not a successful multicultural country. They, Europe, uh, Europe, European countries, they are definitely worse uh, multicultural uh, countries. And uh, Australia, uh, we will gain our 27th millionth Australian uh, this Thursday, just before Australia Day. And so we had a letter from uh, Migration uh, Watch, which is a, a great uh, activist uh, Twitter account, a open letter to the Minister for Immigration. And even though I, the, uh, uh, the the Liberals and Nationals are, are talking uh, tough that they want to curtail 
immigration. I mean, they'll just betray you as well. I mean, uh, Peter Dutton, uh, he's Israel first and India very close second. So, dear Minister, last year, Australia took in 737,000 migrants. In net terms, we added 525,000 new migrants to our population in just 12 months. This is the largest intake Australia has ever seen and one of the largest per capita migrant intakes in the world. Our population grew by 2.4% and 1 in 36 people in Australia arrived last year. These are astronomical numbers, yet nobody asked for them. 70% of Australians want low immigration, including the majority of Labor voters. You ignored every single one of them. The effects of this policy, combined with decades of large migrant intake numbers, are now being felt everywhere across Australia. Speaking for my friends, family members and colleagues, our wages are flat, our rents have gone up, our dreams of buying homes and raising a family are becoming more distant. The data backs this up. Wages are at 2009 levels, rents are up 20%, house prices have grown 40 to 50% in 10 years and birth rates have fallen. But we're still the lucky ones. Others have been completely pushed out of the market. Homelessness has gone up 50% in one year. Tents now fill up parks and crowds under bridges. Thanks to you, your party and a succession of other governments, lucky country is now the country of the working poor. We once had the highest standards of living in the world. Now, sadly, I don't think that the Immigration Minister, Andrew Giles, will respond. Now, of course, as I mentioned, have mentioned previously, uh, rather than just be on the defensive uh, about Australia Day, a group of patriots are now going on the offensive with the Australia Month uh, campaign. I will uh, put uh, the link uh, to the uh, petition in the chat again, if you haven't signed it. Uh, so because uh, January 1 is uh, Federation Day, and then, well, uh, the landing of the first fleet was actually on January 18, but the flat, but at uh, Botany Bay, uh, though the, uh, uh, the Union Jack wasn't planted by Governor Arthur Phillip on Sydney Cove until January 26. So why not have the whole of Australia, Australia Month? I mean, there's a whole LGBT Pride Month. Uh, so this was started by Ben Shen, Dusty Bogan, who is now on Bogan uh, Christian Lobby. Uh, I'm going to be speaking with him hopefully next Sunday now because he was uh, sick yesterday. I wonder if it's the the, the COVID uh, coup for it's uh, as something else, uh, but he's, uh, he's a, a pretty pretty strong bloke. He'll be able to, to shake that illness off in no time. Now, going on uh, to uh, the main uh, focus of tonight's show, uh, the 2024 World Economic Forum meeting. The globalists gathered in their Davos lair. And uh, so the theme of this year was rebuilding trust, which means that they are self-aware that they know that the <laughs> that uh, more of the global population uh, no longer uh, trust them. And uh, Klaus Schwab, in his opening remarks, uh, he uh, pinpointed uh, 
the main main two drivers of why I there is uh, uh, there is not as much trust of them as there was four years ago. So steeply transformative challenges, which are actually the cornerstone of our program, lead to uncertainty, generalized fear, and pessimism. They force us into a mode of short-term crisis management at the detriment of long-term strategic and sustainable solutions. This reactionary approach undermines our collective faith in the future. And here we losing the face of our future, we risk to become much more ego-centered and on a, on a national and individual level. To break this cycle, we need a paradigm shift. We must rebuild trust, and that's actually the theme of our meeting. We have to rebuild trust, trust in our future, trust in our capacity to overcome challenges, and most importantly, trust in each other. Yes, so he views as a threat individualism and nationalism to rebuilding trust and having faith in the future. And obviously Klaus Schwab, as many people point out, you couldn't design a more a more stereotypical cartoonish uh, globalist uh, villain. I mean, uh, Ian Fleming, uh, Inspector. I mean, he probably, uh, the World Economic Forum, I would say, even even trumps the, 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 the fiction of Spectre uh, with the havoc uh, that it wreaks over the world. And now you would say uh, the second most powerful person in the globalist cabal is the unelected EU president, Ursula von der Leyen, a uh, ex-German uh, uh, politician. And uh, this is what she uh, believed is the, the, the main uh, threat uh, to uh, their uh, new world order, uh, them retaining power in uh, 2024. For the global business community, the top concern for the next two years is not conflict or climate. It is disinformation and misinformation, followed closely by polarization within our societies. These risks are serious because they limit our ability to tackle the big global challenges we are facing. Changes in our climate, and our geopolitical climate, shifts in our demography and in our technology, spiraling regional conflicts and intensified geopolitical competition and their impacts on supply chains. The sobering reality is that we are once again competing more intensely across countries than we have in several decades. 
And this makes the theme of this year's Davos meeting even more relevant, rebuilding trust. This is not a time for conflicts or polarization. This is a time to build trust. This is a time to drive global collaboration more than ever before. This requires immediate and structural responses to match the size of the global challenges. I believe it can be done. I think I figured out uh, the translation. Uh, so rebuilding trust uh, through countering mis and disinformation, uh, facts they don't like, uh, trust is code word for brainwashing. And now this is a, a, the, a, the top global risks in 2024, uh, that uh, this is what the, the World Economic Forum uh, believe uh, the greatest global risks. So extreme weather is the top at 66%. AI-generated misinformation and disinformation, 53%. Societal or political polarization, 46%. Cost of living crisis, well, which they cause, 42%. Cyber attacks, 39%. Economic downturn, well, which they've caused as well, 33%. Disrupted supply chains, 25%. Escalation of outbreak of armed conflict, 25%. Well, that's already happened. Attack on critical infrastructure, 19%. Disrupted supply chains for food, 18%. Censorship, erosion of free speech, 16%. I mean, well, they are the, the, the censors, the eroders of free speech. Disrupted supply chains for energy, 14%. Well, that's caused by their energy policies. Public debt distress, 14%, caused also by a, the uh, pandemic lockdown policies. Skills or labor shortages, 13%. Accident or intentional nuclear event, uh, 12%. Violent uh, civil strikes and riots, 11%. Accidental or intentional release of biological agents, 9%. A institutional collapse within the financial sector, 7%. Housing bubble burst, 4%. And tech bubble burst, 4%. So, yes, you, that is what you could call. Would you call that a, what they believe are the greatest threats to their power? or what will give them the most power uh, because if because they're the ones that say we have the solutions or to these global crises and so is is that what that lists mean i'd love to love for you to let me know your interpretation in uh, the comments. So though there was a uh, disruption at the World Economic Forum by Dane uh, Damon uh, Inami. Uh, this is what he got up and said. And I appreciate the World Economic Forum providing me the opportunity to be on this stage and say, fuck you, Klaus Schwab, and fuck your new world order. We, the people, were born free. We will stay free. And you and all of your globalist friends, including everyone in this room, can go fuck yourself. No, that actually uh, didn't, didn't happen. Uh, that was... Uh, that was a a photo photoshopped satire uh, there, but he said uh, what we were 
all thinking, uh, basically. Now, a, another uh, global leader who attended uh, Davos uh, was the uh, new Argentinian president, Javier Millet, uh, the libertarian anarcho-capitalist. He decided to, to go there uh, to give uh, the globalist control freaks a serve. And so this is uh, what he said. Good afternoon. Thank you very much. Today I'm here to tell you that the Western world is in danger. And it is endangered because those who are supposed to have to defend the values of the West are co-opted by a vision of the world that inexorably leads to socialism and thereby to poverty. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-meaning individuals willing to help others, and others motivated by the wish to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We're here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world. Rather, they are the root cause. Do believe me, no one better place than us, Argentines, to testify to these two points. Amen, brother. And uh, Javier Millet, even though he only took office on uh, December the, the 10th, uh, his achievements are piling up. Uh, so this was uh, compiled just by uh, the N-Wokeness uh, account on Twitter, and this was just 18 days in, uh, so uh, before the start of the year, eliminated 12 out of the 21 cabinet posts, firing 5,000 government employees, ending 380,000 government regulations, banned woke language in the military, bill to affirm the right to self-defense, bill to legalize homeschooling of kids, proposal to punish all right organizers, future welfare cuts for road blocking, legalized paying contracts in Bitcoin, privatization of state-run oil companies, opened up the Argentinian oil industry. Now, despite here him clearly demonstrating that he's the real deal, he's not going to die wondering, he's going to go full in and give a Argentina a the economic restart uh, that they need. Uh, there are still uh, critics on the dissident right who seem to want him uh, to be a failure or a or a disappointment or a plant or a traitor like uh, Georgia Maloney turned out to be. And uh, Joel Davis was one of those who uh, criticised uh, Millet uh, for uh, tongue-kissing this girl on the, on the stage. Uh, so he said, libertarianism in a nutshell, no respect for authority, not even his own, therefore no sense of obligation to rule with dignity. The pursuit of pleasure is all that matters to him, not building a legacy, a middle-aged guy with no kids and a, and a slutty attention whore girlfriend. Pathetic. Well, Javier Millet didn't campaign on family values and he will leave a legacy for Argentina, uh, bringing in peace and prosperity. That's what gives uh, the, the 
the local population the confidence uh, to start a family and have children. Rents have already decreased by 20% in Argentina with the deregulation of the housing market because in North, in North Asia, in Japan, People's Republic of China, Taiwan, South Korea, their birth rates are absolutely catastrophic because young people have no uh, certainty about the future. They're not, they, they don't, they, they don't feel that uh, they can confidently or have the, the means and money uh, to uh, start a family. And in prosperous uh, times, uh, in like in uh, the the 80s in the, the United States uh, during the, the the Reagan decade, certainly it wasn't wasn't perfect. But remember also going back even further after the end of World War II, because uh, the violence, killing and dying on a mass scale had ended, a uh, then a there was a population boom in Western countries. That's why there was the, the that's why they called the baby boomers because there was a boom after the war. And so Javier Millet, I, I mean, he's, he's, was elected because he was a uh, eccentric, uh, eccentric personality. I mean, Donald Trump. Uh, he he was elected despite his history of being a womanizer and that uh, grabbing by the pussy access Hollywood uh, tape being being leaked. Uh, there was another uh, critique of Millet uh, that was uh, published on the National observer uh, which is uh, run run by uh, John Lawson if I can just uh, I thought I had uh, all of all of the things here I'll get it up in a moment oh here we go here I got it here uh, so this was uh, written by Percy uh, Spender, uh, so the proxy president, and it mentions, uh, of course, uh, the fact that uh, Javier Millet is a Zionist, which, I mean, if you're going to dismiss uh, any uh, any good uh, world leader because they support Israel, I mean, I don't think that should be be a a deal breaker and also uh, a lot of the dissident right have this uh, have this uh, support of BRICS uh, which uh, Millet has withdrawn Argentina's membership uh, so BRICS is an anti-western uh, economic uh, block uh, so it stands for uh, Brazil a Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And the new members uh, they admitted this year uh, were Egypt, Ethiopia, Iran, uh, Saudi Arabia, and the UAE. I don't think that a libertarian president is going to be in an economic alliance uh, with a whole bunch of other nations uh, which have a totalitarian uh, governments and who uh, are responsible for 
human rights abusers. There seems to be among the dissident right any uh, block uh, which is anti-West is good because the West is so corrupt now, which is a stupid... Uh, uh, is a stupid contrarian position to have that and Andy Nolt has as well. Western values and Western ideals, they uh, are still the greatest ideals and values uh, that uh, mankind has ever produced. Obviously, most Western nations now are led by uh, corrupt globalists, uh, but obviously Millet, he, there, there are politicians who come along at the right time, and he is uh, not just saving Argentina, but making it uh, great again. So I think that uh, a lot of the dissident right, they just need to, a lot of it is about the personal disdain for libertarianism and capitalism. I know that uh, Thomas Sewell, I, if you watch uh, his uh, streams, uh, he he is critical of libertarianism and capitalism because he believes that that dilutes national uh, identity. But prosperous, prosperous times, as I said, that if you want a, if you want more babies and if you want stronger uh, communities, I mean, poor nations uh, uh, where. There's obviously a lot of crime, uh, corruptions. That's certainly not what you want. And libertarian economics, I mean, it's the guaranteed path to prosperity. It's the law of economics, Austrian economics are there. So I think a lot of a lot of uh, Miele's critics, I think just not to be, <laughs> stop need to be uh, so, uh, well, not just stubborn, but also just wanting a failure. Now, uh, going back uh, to uh, the World Economic uh, Forum, uh, so uh, we had uh, the uh, DEI panel. Uh, so in case you don't know, uh, DEI stands for Diversity, Equity and Inclusion. It's the same thing as, uh, as uh, environmental social governance or corporate social uh, responsibility. This was a mashup. Uh, by uh, the real uh, Rukshan, and it was yeah, it was just full of cringe about how you just need to promote diversity for uh, the sake of diversity, not because of a, not the best person for the job who will, or who will help your business. We really do have a diverse panel here to talk about how diversity quality inclusion in organizations, in our thinking, can be implemented. We've and coming as a white man uh, of advanced age from a continental European background. Because inclusion is about see me and hear me and make space for me. So that diversity ensures better growth, is fairer, more equitable societies, and trickles down in so many other ways in our societies. It's very important that you have a DEI initiative. A lot of allies across the organizations yeah. that's, and that think allyship is a big opportunity. Speaking that I learned engaging in LGBTQ activities of colleagues who are uh, passionate about that. Diversity does lead to better growth better decisions being made. Hiring DEI teams have actually increased by 169%. Accessibility for all, representation for all, inclusion for all. Awareness for all kinds of aspects of DEI, 
that we bring that to every client meeting. I want a show of hands of what we think about setting targets for inclusion. Are we for targets? Caroline's just made a case. Show of hands, the panel and participants, show of hands for targets. Oh, thank God, there's some, are some of you holding up your hands like Yes, that? yes. <laughs> I, will, I will give you a summary of, I would say about 50%. But it depends on what the target is, right? Yeah. It's the Good, metric. I like okay, that. So the debate. I was just going to say, Michael, you didn't put up your hand. Tell me what you're thinking was. I'll let my hand down, because yeah. target for me is very formal, very mechanistic. The metric, yeah. then. Um, <laughs> metric is something is it, uh, I accept, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, metric. I'm and, metric. And for me, it starts with awareness. Perla Conservative Australian says diversity equals less white people. Well, inclusion equals the exclusion of white people and equity uh, means uh, the unequal uh, uh, the unequal treatment of white people. And uh, Dawn Browning says DEI equals uh, destroy everything in it. And Paleo Conservative Australian says it's dieting. Well, a DEI could uh, lead uh, to you dying. You remember uh, that Alaskan Airlines uh, Boeing plane, uh, which a window uh, just burst open uh, during uh, the flight. The Gateway Pundit uh, published uh, this article, and uh, Elon Musk also brought attention to it that. Uh, Boeing, uh, in their SEC filings, uh, they uh, decided uh, to uh, change uh, their, uh, their their priorities, uh, so they would uh, they would no no longer uh, prioritize uh, safety. Instead, uh, they would uh, prioritize DEI hiring over safety. Uh, can you? Uh, can, can you believe it that they'd put anything above safety? And so the filing reads, it's while our 2021 design incorporated operational performance in the areas of product safety, employee safety and quality for 2022, we will add two other focus areas critical to our long range business plans, climate, diversity, equity and inclusion. And executives get a $1 million uh, bonus uh, per year uh, uh, for those who meet the company's DEI goals. And one of the major uh, US airlines, United CEO, uh, Scott Kirby, is a part-time uh, drag queen and uh, seems to, well, just not keep his uh, drag performances for adults only. And this was uh, Scott Kirby talking to Axios on uh, CBS about uh, how United Airlines is going to be hiring their pilots on diversity grounds. We have committed that 50% of the class of, of the classes will be women or people of color. Uh, today, only 19% of our pilots at United Airlines are women or people of color. And by the way, from all the data I've seen, that's the highest of any airline in the country. White males don't just dominate in the cockpits, also in the C-suite at United Airlines. Well, look, at United, I'm proud of the diversity that we actually have in our, our C-suite. I think if you look around corporate America. Correct me if I'm saying though, so I, this was just based off your website, the people you list as executives, but out of 11 people, three are women. I believe one is a person of color. Um, that's correct. Um, but, you know, in corporate America, I think, you know. That's a low bar. How do you yeah. raise your own bar? 
Well, a lot of this is, you know, focusing on it. We have uh, programs to, one of the things we do is for every job when we do an interview, we require women and people of color to be involved in, in the interview process, bringing people in early in their careers um, as well uh, and giving them those opportunities uh, and creating. And now the next final destination film will be the the main character has a premonition about uh, his death uh, due to a, a, a DEI pilot. I'll just play this. Welcome aboard, folks. We are very proud to share that your pilot is the most diverse pilot on record. She is a three foot two inch transgender pansexual Native American man who identifies as a six foot tall Korean woman. Any volunteers to help reach the controls are welcome. You will want to buckle up as her epilepsy is often triggered by the flashing lights in the cockpit. Remember to keep a whisper volume level as she may have to consult instructional videos as a refresher during the flight. Now, can we get a big cheer for diversity? <laughs> yes, that's on a yeah a, a final destination United Airlines flight on a Boeing <laughs> plane. <laughs> I mean, and now I found that a clip on a Denanza memes account, but it was actually produced by another uh, <laughs> meme account called uh, Aptoc Doz. I think I've said uh, that right. So there's some wonderful uh, meme accounts uh, doing these mashups or deep fakes, which I find absolutely hilarious. Exactly. It'll be uh, funny until uh, it happens. Uh, Paleoconservative Australian, who wrote these policies to Vera Abramovich? Well, uh, Jonathan Greenblatt, his uh, U.S. counterpart, he is, uh, he's wanting a, a diverse inclusion of Jews in Hollywood because apparently there's not enough. The issue is there's not enough uh, Jewish actors, uh, writers, uh, directors uh, in uh, Hollywood. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a huge crisis, apparently. Now, also uh, featured at Davos 2024 uh, was... Uh, the discussion about uh, disease X and Tedros, uh, the communist Ethiopian who runs the World Economic Forum, uh, told us uh, what uh, uh, what, uh, what uh, the disease X name means. After we started putting a, a placeholder you know, the first that came was uh, in the disease X is, is COVID. So we have experience now <clears throat> and we are preparing based on that experience. A lot of assessment has been done by independent panels and, 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 and experts. And based on the recommendation, many uh, initiatives have, we have already started many we initiatives. Started. And then the other key in order to have better prepared and to address the disease X is the pandemic agreement. Mm. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. And that agreement can help us to prepare for the future in, in a better way, because this is about a common enemy. And without a shared response, starting from the preparedness, 
it, you know, we will face the same problem as, as, as COVID. And deadline for the pandemic agreement is May 2024. And member states are negotiating. This is between countries. Um, and I hope they will deliver uh, this pandemic agreement by that time, by on the deadline. Now, last year, media was reporting that scientists were already developing a vaccine for disease X. How can you develop a vaccine for a virus that doesn't even exist yet? Or you are secretly experimenting on a number of viruses in laboratories on gain of of functions. And uh, China, uh, where uh, the original uh, COVID 19 disease X uh, escaped uh, from uh, the Wuhan lab. Uh, they're at it again. They decided uh, to uh, develop a, another uh, mutant uh, coronavirus known as uh, GXP2V and decided that they would just kill a whole bunch of humanized mice uh, with it. Uh, so they collected uh, this uh, coronavirus uh, from a Malaysian pangolin in 2017. And so where are the animal rights activists, Peter, uh, with these uh, scientists who are just breeding rats, uh, mutating their genes, and then just killing them with uh, pathogens. Now, this was a preprint uh, that was released. We have no idea uh, which lab in China it was. Uh, this experiment uh, was done. Uh, was at Wuhan again. So in the days before their death, the mice had quickly lost weight, exhibited a hunch posture and moved extremely sluggishly. Most eerily of all, their eyes turned completely white the day before they died. A, a GXP2V uh, had infected the lungs, bones, eyes, trenches and brains of the dead mice, the last of which was severe enough to cause ultimately the death of the animals there like are they just doing this for shits and giggles uh but of course uh, there is uh, uh still uh us uh funding that gets siphoned off uh to go to these uh chinese laboratories and so the uh us uh right uh, to know network they finally got the smoking gun uh that us scientists had uh, proposed and funded uh, through uh, Eco Alliance. Uh, it, this was a def it was called a diffuse grant. Instead, it uh, it, it didn't diffuse anything. Led to a global uh, pandemic. Uh, so, a, I'm not sure if any of you uh, remember a, that uh, a, the head of uh, Eco Health Alliance. Peter Dazak. Uh, so he uh, was the first in around February, March 2020 to say this was came from nature. This was not engineered in a in a lab. He protests uh, too much. And Fauci, he funded so many uh, a, a gain of function experiments uh, which contained cruelty to animals. I mean, his and this is another aspect of the the deep state as well. The fact that 
are we, uh, there is all of this uh, US taxpayer funding uh, going to communist China uh, to conduct uh, animal abusing, uh, biologically dangerous uh, experiments. And now, obviously, a, the main reason uh, why the COVID pandemic is over is because everybody got vaccinated. Well, almost everybody. Uh, one who didn't get uh, vaccinated uh, was the defending Australian Open uh, champion, uh, Novak uh, Djokovic. Uh, so the, t the tennis uh, reporter, Mike Dixon, who uh, wrote uh, back at the beginning of 2022 when he was uh, banned uh, from uh, Australia, participating in the uh, 2022 Australian Open. Novak Djokovic could ruin his chance of becoming the GOAT greatest of all time by refusing to take the vaccine. It is a strange hill to die on for a player who is so desperate to be loved. Well, Mike Dixon uh, just uh, collapsed and died uh, suddenly at uh, the Australian Open at uh, the age of uh, 59. And uh, Novak Djokovic in what many might thought was a backhanded uh, condolence. Condolences to Mike Dixon family. Uh, rest in peace. And there was a, a heckler uh, during one of Novak Djokovic's uh, match who decided that he would, uh, uh, he would uh, uh, decide uh, to uh, be a vaccine advocate uh, on the court four match points please Now, I think that uh, Heckler actually uh, motivated him to uh, to get that ace because because uh, the year after he was banned from both the Australian Open and the US Open, he won because he he wanted uh, to win because he was resentful at being uh, kicked out uh, for not taking the not making the choice not to take the COVID vaccine. So. It would have reminded him of all of that injustice and motivated him uh, to make that ace. So if you just remind Novak, oh, uh, why didn't you get the vax? That, he's probably going to win another Grand Slam with that. And there's also been uh, some other uh, tragic news, tributes flow for Melbourne Heckler that told Novak uh, Djokovic to go get vaccinated dies of a heart attack. A tennis fan that heckled Novak Djokovic to get vaccinated has tragically died just hours after leaving the Australian Open. Tributes have flown for Victorian public servant David Adamson, 36, who collapsed at his home from a heart attack just a few hours after the match. Uh, just two days after taking his eighth booster, Adamson died waiting three hours for Ambulance Victoria to arrive at his house in Fitzroy. He was a real pillar of the community during COVID, hiding under his bed waiting for Daniel Andrews 
Shelly Matt Safe to come out. He was so vigilant, wearing a mask everywhere, even when riding his moped to work. He triple masked for everyone else's protection. His wife, Sandra, announced in a teary Facebook post. It's really tragic. He was taken from us so soon, but I'm glad he got vaccinated eight times, or it could have been worse. Victorian Premier Jacinta Allen has announced all attendees at the Australian Open will wear masks in solidarity as well as an honor as an honorary vaccination ceremony during the welcome to country and David's remembrance before the men's final. No, this is satire from the economic zone, formerly known as Australia uh, website. Although that's supposed to be a dude that looks more like a, a lady there, but uh, you can hardly tell I uh, beneath those masks. Now, because nobody is scared of uh, COVID anymore and the, the JN1 wave uh, has uh, peaked, with a hardly a with just a slight bump in hospitalized uh, hospitalizations with COVID and deaths with uh, COVID, uh, the uh, the co- uh, the forever uh, COVID crowd, the Covidians, uh, they they. They're still beating the fear drums about long COVID. Uh, that uh, uh, the more ch- more times you uh, you catch COVID, the more chances you get of getting crippling long COVID, which will fry your internal or uh, cripple your internal organs and fry your brain. Uh, our Victorian Department of Health has, has released three videos of people claiming to suffer from uh, long uh, COVID. And uh, with the catch sign, if uh, the best way to avoid long COVID is not to get a uh, COVID at all, and still suggest people wear a mask as a foolproof way to not get COVID. Long COVID, on the whole, is is bullshit. Of course, there's uh, some people who have uh, ongoing uh, uh, ongoing uh, health issues post viral infection, and. If I was uh, to get a get a lagging symptoms of COVID, I would much rather live a free life and get the sniffles a number of times. I, I would happily get COVID a hundred times for the rest of my life, uh, as the the price of freedom, uh, going out everywhere when I like, uh, without wearing a mask. So uh, this is just their their desperation. They they would they 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 these are the people who claim that they care about uh, the vulnerable, but they a lot of them uh, wish uh, that there's a a new deadly variant uh, to teach people a lesson, or they want another pandemic to to teach people a lesson, to so they suffer, so they wear masks. This masking uh, religion. I mean, I just laugh at them now. Like they are full deranged people. And like I said, they claim that they're the caring type, but the people that uh, who wear masks and who claim uh, that, you know, who are, who, who are forever COVID people are some of the nastiest people you'll possibly imagine. All right, let's move over to the US. And so the New Hampshire uh, primary, is uh, tomorrow. Um, we might know the results almost instantaneously like we did with the Iowa caucus because uh, <laughs> as soon as a few, a few votes were counted, uh, Trump was already declared the winner. Uh, so after uh, the Iowa caucus, uh, Vivek Ramaswamy dropped out 
endorsed Donald Trump and appeared with him at a campaign rally. And then in the last 24 hours, uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has uh, dropped out via a video message and endorsed uh, uh, Donald Trump and uh, said that Nikki Haley is part of uh, the old uh, failed Republican guard of the past. I said it's a, well, on paper, it's a two-horse race. Uh, Donald Trump and uh, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley and UN Ambassador. Uh, though Nikki Haley, she hasn't got uh, the endorsement of the, the two South Carolina senators, Tim Scott and Lindsey Graham. They're both endorsing Donald Trump. Uh, it's the, the people at her rally, like, has anyone ever, like, <laughs> I'm yet to meet a authentic, Nikki Haley supporter. Like, I swear the people at her rallies are just are just paid. And uh, neocon uh, Nikki Haley is her nickname because she supports every uh, foreign uh, adventure that the neocons want to go on. Uh, she also uh, supports a uh, is a supporter of uh, progressive identity uh, politics. Uh, she's trying to make up for, I think, her civil war gaffe uh, when uh, she uh, she failed to mention uh, sla- uh, is anything about slavery when she was talking about the civil war. Maybe she'd been uh, reading Thomas DiLorenzo's uh, books, The Real Lincoln, uh, and uh, uh, Lincoln is exposed, which actually uh, talk about how uh, Lincoln, uh, it it was about power, not about freeing the slaves, but I uh, digress. So so Nikki Haley, she claimed that in the 1980s, she was a victim of uh, anti-Indian racist discrimination when she tried to enter a beauty pageant. If you want to know what it was like growing up, I was disqualified from a beauty pageant because I wasn't white or black because they didn't know where to put me. So look, I know the hardships, the pain that come with racism. And now, as I mentioned last week, uh, Rand Paul uh, launched nevernicky.com. I've got the clip this week, uh, so I'll play it. And he lists uh, point by point uh, why all uh, conservatives uh, libertarians and Republicans uh, should be never Nikki. Good morning, everyone. As I told you yesterday, I'm ready to say something about the presidential race. I've had a long res- relationship with Donald Trump, and there's a lot to like there. I'm also a big fan of a lot of the fiscal conservatism of Ron DeSantis. I think Vivek Ramaswamy has been a, an important voice. Also, have listened to and met with the independent Bobby Kennedy. I'm not yet ready to make a decision, but I am ready to make a decision on someone who I cannot support. So I'm announcing this morning that I'm Never Nikki. And if you go to nevernikki.net, you can let her know that you're not a supporter either. I don't think any informed or knowledgeable libertarian or conservative should support Nikki Haley. I've seen her attitude towards our our interventions overseas. I've seen her involvement in the military industrial complex. $8 million being paid to become part of the team, but I've also seen her indicate that she thinks you should be registered to use the internet, that people posting ideas anonymously. I think she fails to understand that our republic 
was founded upon people like Ben Franklin, Sam Adams, Madison, John Jay, and others who posted routinely for fear of the government. They posted routinely anonymously. And I think her failure to really understand that or to think that you should register through the government somehow for the internet is something that should disqualify her in the minds of all libertarian-leaning libertarian conservatives. So I'm announcing today I'm Never Nikki. You can go to nevernikki.net and sign up and show her that you're Never Nikki also. Thanks. All right, let's go over to Europe, I where the German people are rising up finally against a, their globalist government who have allowed the country to be flooded with millions of illegal immigrants and also against a, the their energy and farm policies. The farmers have marched on Berlin and it's probably the most epic uh, epic uh, fa farmers farmers uh, revolt a convoy a, that uh, there has ever been wow. Wow. And now the alternative for Deutschland uh, party, which is uh, polling at 25% in national polls now. They, uh, ever since their founding a decade, over a decade ago, they have gotten more and more base. And uh, uh, one of their leaders, uh, Renee Springer, has vowed uh, that we will return foreigners to their homeland by the millions. Uh, vows mass uh, deportations as his party reaches high polling. And so as you can see there, uh, they're only 5% behind the main uh, conservative party there, the Christian uh, Democrats. They even are higher in the, the 30s uh, in the, the former Eastern uh, Germany. Uh, now, uh, there is a campaign now uh, to ban alternative for Deutschland claiming uh, that uh, under the country's national uh, socialism uh, ban, uh, they've seized upon uh, that a AFD uh, staffer uh, to uh, uh, to the one of the other leaders, uh, Alice Weirdall, uh, uh, Roland Hartwig. Uh, met with uh, Martin Selner, uh, the Austrian leader of the Identitarian Movement. So he's been fired, uh, that uh, staffer. Uh, so uh, there was a, a protest in Berlin for democracy against uh, the, the AFD. And uh, the uh, German Chancellor, uh, Olev Schultz, uh, from uh, the Social, uh, Social Democratic Party, uh, he said, uh, right-wing extremists are attacking our democracy. They want to destroy our unity. And Keith Woods summarized it. You know when a Western politician uses the phrase, our democracy, that they're about to do something really democratic like ban a political party or throw people in jail for speech. Remember that... Uh, 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 that uh, news, uh, local news videos, this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. When somebody says this is extremely dangerous to our democracy, they are the ones who are extremely dangerous to our democracy. I mean, the Democrats wanting to throw Trump in prison, strike him off the ballot, 
uh, to protect democracy by excluding him from the democratic process. I mean, Trump is, is going to be spending this year in and out of, of court. I mean, we could end up with a situation where Trump is in prison, but he can still be elected president and then pardon himself of the federal offenses that he has uh, been uh, charged with. Like we could still have a really absurd 2024. And yeah, I agree, Ron, uh, that I hope uh, the AFD are legit. And uh, Germany thought uh, that uh, they had uh, crushed uh, this uh, far right uh, resurgence uh, back in in 2022 uh, when they arrested over uh, 20 uh, members of uh, the Reichsburger movement, uh, who now Reichsburger are people who uh, don't, uh, who don't believe that the Federal uh, Republic of Germany uh, that was uh, founded uh, by uh, the Allies after World War II in 1949 well uh, there was the the french american and uk uh blocks of allied occupied germany formed federal republic of germany and the soviet union founded the german democratic republic which of course wasn't democratic but when they reunified they had to get permission uh from uh the western allies uh for that to to happen and now, uh, apparently, it's alarming because the Reichsburgers are buying up uh, rural land to set up uh, communities there. Oh no, the horror! Uh, Though, do they also know that because both Germany and Poland are part of the European Union and the Schengen area? Because after World War II, uh, Germany had land uh, stolen from it in the east. Uh, Stalin stole uh, land from Poland in the east, and so Poland was compensated uh, for it uh, by having German lands in the east. I, don't they know that these, under those, under their own laws, these Reichsburgers could actually buy land in Poland in the areas that used to be part of Germany and set up German communities there, uh, so they could do that as well. Uh, so the German federal election isn't due until uh, September uh, 2025. Now, uh, the, the the current coalition, uh, so Olaf Schultz, Social Democrats, the Free Democrats and the Greens, they're trying to pass an emergency law to grant hundreds of uh, migrants citizenship so they can vote and allow uh, dual citizenship because German law doesn't allow it again. So they're going to try and uh, rig next year's election a demographic style there by getting as much uh, new Germans on the ballot as possible. I am a German uh, paleo conservative Australian. Uh, as you can see, I feel quite uh, strongly about uh, what's what's happened to uh, Germany. Germany Germans are, are taught to feel constant shame uh, about their country because of uh, because of uh, an horrific 12-year uh, period. Though German history goes back centuries, millennium. Uh, you go back to the German Empire uh, in the 19th century, and then the the Holy Roman uh, Empire. 
And so the the Germans they they're finally uh, getting back uh, their pride, national uh, identity. Uh, I was in Handorf, the the German uh, town in South Australia, uh, during uh, my holiday there. It's the uh, one of the last remaining uh, German uh, settlements uh, because the German settlements in Australia were culturally genocided during the First World War uh, with. Well, the anti-German sentiment. So uh, German Australians were forced to change their name and German towns in Australia uh, uh, changed their name from uh, German from uh, German sounding names to anglicised names. And now, uh, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, Anglo uh, news, uh, an update uh, last week. On a uh, Joey Barton, uh, his uh, his uh, campaign against uh, the affirmative action uh, female uh, commentators on the men's football. A one of he one of the the female commentators he has been uh, most vocally uh, critical of uh, is uh, Enai Aluku, uh, former. Uh, former lioness, and now she says she's had to uh, flee overseas because of uh, all the mean things said on the internet. Open and honest, um, and I'm human, right? And I'm more than happy to admit that I've been scared this week. I've genuinely been scared this week. I didn't leave my house until Friday, and I'm now abroad um, because... It's really important to say that online abuse has a direct impact on your safety and how you feel, how safe you feel in real life. I felt under threat this week. I felt like something was gonna happen to me. And I don't say that for anyone to feel sorry for me. I say that for people to understand the reality and the impact that hate speech has the impact that racism has, the impact that sexism and misogyny has. They're creating a culture where people don't want to go to work, people don't want to leave their house, people feel under threat. Oh, so you're not going to commentate again, not going to go to work. That's excellent. So she says she's abroad. I'm not sure if she's gone back home to uh, Nigeria because she's a dual citizen of uh, the UK and Nigeria. Uh, now, Jeremy Vine has commenced uh, legal proceedings against uh, Joey Barton over the bike nonce hashtag, I assume, uh, accusing him of defamation and harassment. And uh, now, uh, Jeremy Vine, given that he got Alex Belfield five years in prison, is probably wanting the same for Joey Barton. It probably, probably what like, is Saint Jeremy Vine. I mean, if you dare criticize him, well, Joe Barton could be going to jail for longer than he did uh, for uh, that assault in Liverpool. Who knows? He could even go to jail for longer than his uh, brother did for 17 years for murder. 
because yes, that is, you know, St. Jeremy Vine. I, I don't know who all these people are that just love Jeremy Vine's BBC Radio 2 show and uh, Vine on 5. I mean, seriously, uh, they, uh, a Joe Barton came up with a different hashtag calling him a pedal file. Get it? Pedal as in bike pedaling and file. Uh, so, yes, uh, 2023 was the year uh, that Brits finally were rid of uh, Philip Schofield and Holly Willabooby uh, off their uh, screen. So hopefully this is the year that Brits are free of Jeremy Vine, finally. Now, let's go over to a, well, our, our Tasman uh, cousin, which... I mean, things are pretty grim here in Australia, uh, but uh, New Zealand is being made great again by their uh, new coalition government, National Prime Minister Chris Luxon, uh, Deputy Prime Minister New Zealand First Winston Peters, and uh, ACT a leader David Seymour. And uh, the yeah, the loser left, uh, they're really starting to, to lose it. Uh, the Maori uh, race activists, uh, they are planning to, to protest uh, the loss of their extra uh, special rights because uh, uh, the Maori Health Authority is being uh, abolished. There should only be one health authority treating all New Zealanders equally. Uh, this was uh, the end of the, the maiden uh, speech uh, by by their 21-year-old Maori MP from the uh, racist Maori uh, party, uh, Hannah uh, Rapoti Mata Clark. I'm sure I'm not the only one who, uh, before uh, rugby union matches between the Wallabies and the All Blacks, are wondering, why do the Wallabies have to just sit there and take uh, the Maori haka there and, and just stand there like stunned mullets when they're basically uh, being, you know, uh, threatened before the match? I mean, I've always just found it grossly, uh, just like, uh, grossly grotesque uh, that uh, the Wallabies just have to just put up with that uh, before a game and they get basically no right of uh, reply. Uh, now the New Zealand Greens, uh, they have lost, well, uh, one of their former uh, stars, Golrez uh, Garaman, who has resigned after uh she went on a shoplifting uh, spree uh, last year at three luxury uh, retailers. Uh, so a, it, she has had to uh, resign. 
And uh, so, uh, Jue Jabor at uh, rightminds.nz has uh, uh, written a, well, an obituary to her political career, Fall and Fall of uh, Golrez uh, Garam. Uh, David Seymour, the ACT leader, uh, called her a menace uh, to free speech, which apparently was, uh, it was, you know, threatening and, and bullying her. Uh, so uh, back from the beginning, uh, there uh, were allegations she'd embellished her uh, CV and that uh, this was before it shown she got uh, chummy with the perpetrators of the Rwandan genocide and called the paper that down played it. Uh, so she was uh, born in uh, Iran. Uh, so Vail uh, Golrez uh, Garam. I mean, this, uh, this, <laughs> the, the fact that, uh, I mean, the, the far left, like they, like a lot of, like they, there are far left activists who excuse uh, sh shoplifting uh, because they believe that it's okay to steal from multinationals, even though you're stealing from lots of the smaller uh, people who helped put that product on the shelf. So you're stealing from them uh, as well. And plus, if everyone shoplifted, the whole of society would fall apart. But maybe that's the point. That's what uh, these uh, far-left activists uh, want to achieve. Now, the, the BFD, which uh, uh, Dewey also uh, writes for, uh, uh, from the river to the sea, designer wear uh, shall be free. Yeah, so I'd end on, well, a commiseratory note. Sorry to see you go. All right, that's the end for Tim's News Explosion for another week. Managed to get it under an hour and a half. Now, I'll see you all on Fri Friday, hopefully, uh, to the Australia Day celebration at the Bo uh, Doncaster Bowling Club, hosted by uh, actor uh, Damien Richardson. Richard Wollstonecroft will also uh, be there. Uh, you can still get uh, your uh, ticket. Uh, I will put the the link into the, the live chat. $25 for adults, a uh, family $60, children $10, children under five uh, free. So there'll be barefoot lawn bowls, face painting for kids, and a DJ there, a drink at member, member prices. And uh, also, uh, if you want to support our work in 2024, uh, you can support the Unshackled with a premium membership at the unshackled.net slash membership. And we also have a, well, I've decided to finally uh, start our uh, Substack uh, blog. Uh, so I'll put that in the chat as well, the unshackled.net uh, dot substack uh, dot com uh, so you can also subscribe for five dollars uh, per month to our substack i'm planning to migrate our email list over to substack in the next week uh, so i published uh, the link to tonight's show on the unshackled.substack.com and also uh, richard's uh, recent reports uh, so australia day is january 26 you cunts and the jewish tunnels uh, in new york and don't forget, also on Australia Day, a, the uh, 2023 Unshackler Award winners will be announced. That's when uh, voting will close. Our first show for the year was a Wilmsfront uh, feature uh, with Damien Ferry, who does the awards, uh, going through the nominees. So the 10 categories still open for voting. Uh, so regressive of the year. 
uh, Australian Unshackler of the Year, International Unshackler of the Year, International Cuck of the Year, Cis White Male of the Year, Triggered Feminist of the Year, Culture Warrior of the Year, Degenerate of the Year, International Media Personality of the Year, and Fake News Award of the Year. I'll put the link in there as well. So happy Australia Day to everyone on this Australia month hopefully i'll see you all on sunday so we can i uh, salute the end of australia month uh, with well australia month uh, campaign founder uh, ben shan the dusty bogan dustin christian lobby and hopefully i'll see you all on friday so stay safe uh, stay patriotic uh, stay sane stay happy and stay optimistic uh, good night everybody tim's news explosion Tim's News Explosion. 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 Tim's news explosion.